Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm your host, Adam Sanchez, and today we are discussing personal ministry. All right, I'm back with our elder, Ken Peaster. Hello, hello. Who also, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, serves as the director of financial aid at TMU. At the Master's University. At the Master's University. So we're great to have you again on this episode. Today, we're continuing the theme of season three, talking about practical Christianity. Mm. And today's topic is personal ministry. So here's the question of the day. Mm. How should Christians approach personal ministry? ministry. Mm. Now, let me give you some background of why we're taking this question on. This is actually probably one of the more common questions that I get, maybe not worded the same way, but the same heart of this question, I get all the time Mm -hmm. from new members to students to everyone in between, uh, always getting asked a question similar to this. And so there's some reason behind this. Uh, I think there, as we mentioned last time, there can be misunderstandings perhaps of Christians that come into the church and maybe they're a new believer or they've been a part of a church that maybe didn't ask them much, didn't ask them to do, didn't ask them to serve. And so they're learning perhaps for the first time how to be practical in their ministry. Uh, So Christians can struggle just not knowing how to live as a Christian. They want to be a Christian. They want to follow Jesus. They just don't know what it's like to live that way. They don't know what it's like to contribute to mm. kingdom work. What what qualifies? What counts as kingdom work? They might have those questions. Here's some of the literal statements that I've heard from people over the last more than 15 plus years of ministry. I don't know how to be involved. Mm. I don't know what I should do to serve. Uh, on the negative side, I've heard, well, it's just not my thing. You, know, you offer them something to do. That's ah, not my thing. Or ah, I don't fit in or I'm waiting for something I'm passionate about, somewhere my gifts can be really be used. And I think there can be misaligned priorities. Sometimes people might say, you know what, I'm just too busy. And and there are seasons, to be sure, uh, where it may be that there are other pressing needs going on in life where they are going to be more limited uh, in the, in their service in the local body. Perhaps um, there's an ailing family member that they're caring for uh, or they themselves are the ailing family member. There's going to be things that can happen. So I don't want to say that, it, that there's never a case for that. But I do think there are many able-bodied, well-fitted people uh, who could respond faithfully in the local church, and that's any local church, not just ours, and they might say things like, it's, I'm just too busy. It's not the right season, when that may not be the case. Mm. Uh, and so I want to point some of those things out. So that's kind of the background for why we're asking this question uh, on this episode. Any any thoughts you want to add to that, Ken? Yeah, I think as we look at scripture, we we see in 1 Corinthians 12 that we are one body, right? We're mm-hmm. unified in the local church, but there's many members. And so I know it was taught to me many years ago, hey, if if I had my hand and I, and I lost my pinky for a day, would I miss that pinky? Absolutely. And so even something very small like a pinky can be very vital to a person. So the same way in the local church, every person matters. Mm -hmm. And so if people aren't serving, aren't loving one another, aren't caring for one another, praying for one another, it does matter. And in our consumer mindset in, in the church, how we see it, especially in America, it's it's wrong, right? And so so often we just want to be fed, 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 mm. rather than how can I love the people that God has put around me? Yeah, and, and we need to figure out how we fit. You know, you gave mm. that analogy of a body. Like we need to figure out how we all fit together 
as a body. In some seasons, we might be that pinky. Mm-hmm. In other seasons, we might be a hand. Other seasons, we might be an ear. We might be different parts of the body, but mm-hmm. we we need to figure out where we fit in every season that we're in. Mm-hmm. And we should all be at least a part of the body in every season. Mm-hmm. Even if we're a part that may not be doing much, like the appendix, we mm-hmm. still don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even if we're that, but we need to figure out how we all fit together. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think this subject matters. So I have a couple of thoughts here I wanted to share about how people can view their personal ministry. And and let me just give a caveat here. I'm going to list several ways of thinking and I'm not vilifying any or or necessarily saying one is better than the other. I just want to share what I've witnessed, what I've observed as motivators or as statements uh, that kind of underline a person's approach Mm -hmm. to their personal ministry ministry. So here's one that I've heard. I've heard, do what you like. Mm. You should enjoy your service. Mm -hmm. That's one that I've heard. I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's evil to do what you like. Sometimes doing what you like means doing uh, things that you're going to be passionate about. Mm. You're going to want to do, and you're going to want to do more, Mm. probably not less. Any thoughts about that one? Oh, absolutely. I know I looked at Oak Hill and for a long time, we were paying a restaurant to cater meals as we were doing our membership Mm -hmm. uh, classes and I looked at how much money they were spending and I'm like, man, I, I think I could barbecue just as good as that restaurant. And I think I could save the church money. And so for me, I'm like, I love barbecuing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. my pastime on the weekends, love doing it. Yep. And so I'm like, oh, I want to serve in this way. And it has been a blessing to be able to show hospitality. But on the flip side too, I can see a weakness if, if people only thought that way. Mm. If that was their only mindset. If, if they only served in that arena. If I only served in the ways I like, no one would set up chairs. No, <laughs> like there, there may not be too many diaper changes in yeah. kids' ministry. You know, so which would be a problem. That would be a problem. So there, there is a benefit in in one sense if you see a need, but sometimes there's not a need too. And so, does it does it actually fit in? Or yeah, not. Yeah, so I mean that's a great example of something you you like, you enjoy doing barbecue. You saw a benefit to that, and so that worked out great. But also a good caution. Uh, to say we need to figure out where we fit. You know, if you have if you have two hands already, mm. do you need a third? Yeah. And, you know, some of us might say, hey, man, it'd be a lot. Like, mm. you know, we could do a lot more with a third hand. But also you might be less coordinated with that third hand than you were with the two. Do you really need more than five fingers on each hand? So, mm. I mean, the analogy will always break down at some point. But I think it's a good uh, a good caution that we can pursue things that we like in the church and that, that we enjoy but also we should be mindful about how it fits, mm-hmm. how it all fits together. I think that's a good good principle for us. So here's another way that I've seen people approach personal ministry. Do what you think you're good at. So things that you can excel in, mm-hmm. you know, not just things that you enjoy, because sometimes you may not enjoy it, but you're really good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be any type of thing from, you know, maybe, you know, <laughs> I've seen, mm-hmm. seen a lot in the church, but maybe somebody's a really good musician, but they don't love it, but they see that they can serve in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's really good at working with kids, but, you know, I've heard people good with kids may not even like kids at times. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's different ways, mm-hmm. um, you know, that people can be good at something. You mentioned stacking chairs. Mm-hmm. You could have a guy that is tremendously gifted mm-hmm. at stacking chairs, but he may hate it. He may mm. not enjoy it mm. at all. But I've heard this thinking, hey, do what you're good at and excel in your service. Any mm-hmm. thoughts about that? Absolutely. If if the heart's not behind it, if you're not joy-filled in your service, is it really a service or is it a disservice? Mm. And so like, just like you said, I'm like, I, yeah, I've heard people who are like, man, I am really good administratively, but I don't want to deal with the people. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... we. 
even in spite of that, we need to make sure is our heart in the right place as we're serving. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's not just doing what you think you're good at or what others have told you that you're good at, but also having the right heart about it. So it could be something that you're good at. You could pursue something you're good at, but we want to have the right heart about it, Mm -hmm. the right worship of Christ in the service that we're doing, in the ministry we're pursuing. Here's another one I've heard. Do what you need to grow in. Stretch yourself. So meaning pursue things that you're weak in, that you're purposefully mm-hmm. not good at mm-hmm. so that you can stretch yourself and grow. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about that one? Yeah, if we only had weak people doing every role, we wouldn't be very strong. <laughs> That's so, a true statement, yeah. So we need to balance it a little bit where is it good to grow and stretch? Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think you should do that, but should that be the only area of service? I don't think so, right? I'm the weakest here, so I'm only gonna serve here because I need to grow it shouldn't be the only thing, but it could definitely be something where, man, I need to grow in this area or God has placed a situation and he's going to grow you in that area, um, whether you know it or you don't. Mm-hmm. But yeah. only serving in one area can be dangerous. Yeah, it could be. And you see the blessing of having many parts then in a team. Mm-hmm. So if you have five people on a given team and mm-hmm. maybe you're not the strongest, but you have four other people who are pretty strong, mm-hmm. then that's a great opportunity and environment Absolutely. that you can learn and you can grow in. But you don't want five people who are really weak saying, hey, this is just the area that I need to grow in. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little rough. Now we can trust God with the results on those things. If those are the only five people and the only way that they can serve, mm-hmm. and you, there's a whole lot of caveats we give there. But we could still trust God with the results in that. Mm-hmm. But we see the blessing of that not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see the blessing of uh, of having people who are strong and people who are weak working together. And so we don't say only, mm-hmm. I'm going to only serve in the areas mm-hmm. that I need to grow in. That's all that I'm going to do. But it could be one of the areas yeah. that we pursue in our own personal ministry and service in the church. So here's another one. And maybe this will be my last, I'll give some considerations too, but this will be my last main example here. Do what you've been encouraged in, mm-hmm. meaning do what you've seen others do. Now, you you mm-hmm. watch somebody else do, um, we keep picking on stacking on chairs, mm-hmm. stacking chairs, and then they say, you know what you'd be really good at? You'd be really good at stacking chairs. Mm-hmm. You should stack chairs because this is a big thing and I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And, da, da, da. and that's not necessarily bad, but mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's just the main emphasis of why somebody's doing something mm-hmm. is because they've been encouraged to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about that one? Yeah, I think... God has gifted us uniquely in many different ways. And so if we're only doing what a kind of hype person is telling us what to do, following after that, we may miss opportunities that God has specifically gifted us in. And so we should look at our own gifting and say, how do we serve the Lord in the ways he's gifted me? Yeah, I mean, we we should look at what we're proficient in, uh, the skills, the abilities that God has given us. Um, I think there's something here to be cautioned about too as well, to be cautioned about the encouragement. So when somebody else encourages you, we need to make sure we don't take that as a word from on high. Hmm. It can absolutely be an encouragement. It can be a blessing to have the affirmation or the encouragement of another person saying, hey, you're good at this or I think you'd be good at this. And we can be thankful when that happens, but that is not the same as God Hmm. (laughs) telling you go and do this thing. So and you look at scripture what we call is an imperative command. An imperative command is go and do this. And God's word will say specifically, go and do righteousness. And God's word will say specifically, go and don't do right uh, unrighteousness. So there, there are specific imperatives uh, to do and to not do. 
when it comes to areas of service, there's this great freedom that God's word gives us. And you might talk about it later. Galatians chapter five is a great passage for that. There's a freedom to do all his holy will. Mm. There's a freedom to do all kinds of good things in service of the Lord. That freedom though, doesn't mean that you have to do things one specific way. Mm. So the caution that I give to people, if they're encouraged in something is, you know, you might have encouragement from five different people. It doesn't mean that's the, the only area you can serve in. Because mm-hmm. what if there's already five people serving in there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have the encouragement of five people, but there's already five people serving and maybe the ministry only needed two. Mm-hmm. So are you really needed to exercise this gifting that you have? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, people say, well, maybe this isn't the church for me. I need to go somewhere else. You know, I've heard all kinds of things over the years. But in all of that, I just would give the caution. Let's not put our stock just in the encouragements that others, that others give. Mm. We can be appreciative and be thankful when mm-hmm. others give those encouragements and affirmations. We just don't base everything off of this. We don't say, I have to serve here because so-and-so told me I mm. need to serve. Just a caution. It's it's a good thing to be encouraged in the in those capacities, but just a caution. Some considerations I would give to anyone as they're considering how they should serve in their own personal ministry in their local church. Number one, be faithful. Serve consistently. Uh, faithfulness we talked about is the response of a person who has belief. Uh, so, so somebody who's been given the gift of faith then believes it's the active verb and is being faithful. So that's the ongoing action. They should be faithful over and over and over again. It should be their habit to keep serving and to serve consistently. That is a good thing. There is a goodness to that routine of service. I think we also need to remember when we're looking at, hey, how do I serve in my local church? How do I pursue personal ministry? That we are serving the Lord. Mm. not people. And that may sound upside down because we're like, but I see the people in front of me. Like they're the ones that I'm serving. And yes, that is the reality and the outworking of personal ministry is that we're with people and we're serving others because we're serving people whom we have seen because we're serving God whom we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen uh, God in the flesh ourselves. So we can't serve him, but we can serve his people. Mm -hmm. And that's how we evidence love. And first John chapter five talks about that really clearly. So we remember that we serve the Lord. So in all the things that we do, we read this at the end of the last episode, uh, everything we do, whether we eat or drink, we do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10.31, similar statement in uh, Colossians 3.17. So we need to remember that we serve the Lord. Uh, We need to remember that we're not pursuing our own glory. So we're not doing ministry. We're not serving others so that our names can be puffed up. We're not doing it Mm. so that we get the one clap at the members meeting. We're not doing it, you know, all these things. And they're good encouragements. We get that, 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 hey, keep pressing on, keep, keep serving. It's just, that's not the reason we do it. Mm. So there's a point of difference when we're looking at worship, we're looking at idolatry. We don't do those things for the encouragement, but we appreciate the encouragement when it comes through and we say, amen, it's a wonderful thing. So let's keep doing those one class because it's a blessing Mm. to be encouraged to press on in ministry. Mm-hmm. We just don't do it for our own glory. Mm-hmm. Last thing I would say about just a basic principle for pursuing personal ministry is to be intentional. Pay attention to needs, to being a good fit, to being a helper. Ask others what the needs are and be ready to serve. There's a there's a beautiful passage in Philippians 2 and 3. People often miss because they see this amazing picture of Jesus on the front end of Philippians chapter 2 and they see being humble to the point of death, even death on a cross, didn't count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself. Beautiful, beautiful language about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But they don't keep reading through the rest of chapter 2 and into chapter 3. And if we did, what we would see is in chapter 2, specifically verse 20, we have this this account of Timothy Mm. in the eyes of Paul. And Timothy says this to Paul. He says, I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned about your circumstances. 
What Paul's saying here is Timothy stands heads and shoulders above everyone else about caring for you. Why does Timothy stand heads and shoulders above? Why is he of kindred spirit with Paul? Because Paul loves God's people because Paul loves God. Paul's love for Jesus Christ is seen in his love for Jesus' people. Mm. There's many ways I could say that. It all means the same thing. What we see is that love for others is the tangible expression of love for God. Mm -hmm. That's what we see consistently. We can't love God whom we haven't seen if we don't love his people whom we have seen. Mm. That's the principle that we see in 1 John. So we need to be intentional, pay attention to needs. And then in the very next chapter, actually Paul explains it towards the end of Philippians 2, but in the next chapter as well, we see this beautiful testimony of Epaphroditus who served Paul in his need even to the point of death. Mm. To the point of death, Epaphroditus served Paul. And so Paul was so thankful for him because he ministered to Paul in Paul's need. That was the exaltation of Christ in the lives of these believers, in the lives of Timothy and Epaphroditus. So we see when people are paying attention to the needs of others, when they're paying attention to being good fit and being a helper, those things are lifted up as Christ-like characteristics, which we know Jesus met us in our greatest need. Mm. He didn't meet us where we were strong and able. and No, he met us in our greatest need. Our greatest weakness is where Jesus met, it, met us. Therefore, as we're looking at serving others in ministry, we should have the same heart, mm. the same heart as Christ. Any thoughts about that before we continue the discussion? No, that's all super helpful as we are practically looking at um, ministry in our own lives. So speaking of ministry in our own lives, I wanted us to share a little testimony time here. Mm -hmm. So in terms of personal ministry, I know we have a lot of stories, but we'll try to mm -hmm. keep it brief and maybe share one each here. Mm -hmm. But can you share with our listeners one personal testimony of, of a time where you had intentional ministry mm -hmm. to others? Yeah, absolutely. So I know I saw in my life just the impact of youth ministry as I was in high school and I saw the Lord change my heart, get saved, going down to masters. I knew because of that ministry of high school ministry, I'm like, I want to, I want to serve in this way. This was really important. And so, jumping into masters, I started serving in junior high and high school ministry. And I went from volunteer to the intern, from the intern to the youth guy. Um, and that was such a fruitful time. And I think God really taught me how to love people, hmm. um, really how to to shepherd people, and to say it doesn't matter, like. You, you always heard this, and I always thought it was so silly. People are like, you want to serve junior hires? I was like, absolutely. God <laughs> loves junior hires. And so it's Wait, so what? He what? does? I know. So I always loved to be around junior hires because I felt like other people didn't want to do that ministry. Mm. And I'm just like, but God loves these people. And yeah. so it was a sweet time of growing just a shepherding heart in my own life. Yeah. Yeah, and seeing the need and wanting to to meet the need. I know we could tell so many stories of intentional ministry. I'll share one brief one here. When I came to Oak Hill for the very first time, I saw Jeff. I wish he was sitting across from me right now so he could, we could recount the story together because we've shared it a few times over the years. But I remember I was watching and and I met him for the first time and he's he's sitting down and, and the the band is playing the, the worship music and the uh, whole story about where we were at that time but anyway, for another time. Uh, and I'm watching and I'm like, is he clicking the slides? Mm. Is is the pastor, the guy who's going to teach in just a minute here, the guy who's going to get up there and preach, is he the one clicking over the music slides? Mm. 
And sure enough, he's using his computer and he's clicking over his music slides. And then I watch him after we finish singing, proceed to then go through, you know, 20 some odd slides. If you know Jeff, you know he loves slides or Mm -hmm. maps or timelines or all the good stuff. And he's clicking through his own slides. He finishes preaching. He prays. While he's praying, he clicks to the next worship slide because the worship team comes up and they start playing. And then he comes and sits down and he continues to click through the slides <laughs> through the rest of the service. And I'm watching that and and I'm paying attention to this because I had served in youth ministry and I was in the as an intern in the church that I came from. I knew some of the back room of the church and what those dynamics were to serve and kind of what that looked like with audio tech and all that. And I'm watching him and I'm like, what in the world? Why is the preacher doing all these things? And I remember going up and, and I, I watched that happen for maybe two weeks. And I was like, what? Do you have no one else who can do this for you? You have no one else. And here's the thing. In those two weeks, here's another thing I saw. I started showing up early. Mm. Um, so it was maybe a couple more than two weeks, but it was within the first month. And I show up early and, and just because, you know, I come from working in ministry. And so I'm like, hey, people might need help and you never know when needs set up. And at the time we were meeting in another church anyway. So we were meeting at a weird time and there was setup involved. And I'm watching as Jeff is setting up the chairs. Mm. So now I knew that he was already clicking through the sermon slide, mm-hmm. well, obviously sermon slides, but the worship slides. And then I'm watching the the preacher, the pastor of the church, start setting up chairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what in the world? Where are all the people that should be helping <laughs> with this? And, and at first I was a little upset about it, you know, kind of like indignant, like I can't believe this is happening. But then I realized, well, this is what I need to do. Mm. This is where I need to serve because I know how to do slides because I did that for the youth group for two years while I was an intern at a very large church. And I also know how to set up chairs because you know what? That just doesn't take that much. <laughs> and and I could do it and I'm able-bodied and so I should. So I remember even early on, I remember you were coming to mm-hmm. Oak Hill with me at the time. We had some other master students as well that were coming with us. And I would always arrive early and I'd say, hey, we're helping to set up. Mm-hmm. We're helping to set up the chairs and we're going to get everything ready. And mm-hmm. then I would work with Jeff to, to steal basically mm-hmm. the clicker after I built some trust with him that he knew I wasn't going to click it the wrong way. Uh, and so that was one area where I wanted to be intentional. I had nothing, mm-hmm. there was nothing to do with that where I was looking at it going, man, I just want, I want to be the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the guy who's clicking the slides or I'll be the guy who's taking care of the chairs. Like, there was no personal gain in the midst of that. It was watching and saying, look, the the pastor, the preacher, he is burdened in so many ways mm. on a Sunday and he's caring about so many things and he's seeking to be accurate in his explanation of the word. And everyone who knows Jeff knows that that is one of his desires and he pursues that with, with really good diligence. So I'm like, how can I sit by and just watch him labor in all these other ways that he doesn't need to labor in when he should be focusing on the main thing, which is bringing the word to bear. Mm. And so that was an area where I wanted to be intentional and to serve. And today I look at the, the, the many people that fill the roles of moving the chairs and taking care of the, the slides are far more creative than I was <laughs> when I was handling mm. those things and taking care of uh, even the audio and tech ministry, which we're so blessed to be on this podcast rig right now because of guys like Alex and Glenn working diligently. Mm. So thankful for the teams that God has brought to us over the years so it doesn't rely on even any one person anymore and people can actually get sick and it's okay. Things don't stop working uh, if somebody needs to miss a Sunday. But I look at those intentional aspects of ministry and those people that serve in very particular ministries and I praise God for them. A lot of times they're serving out of need. Sometimes they serve because it's something they like to do or they're good at. But in all of it, we do have many needs in our mm-hmm. church. So when I look around on a Sunday and I see so many slots filled, I'm very thankful for the intentional ministry. And sometimes people don't even see it as ministry, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely ministry. You know, setting up the, the, the poles and the drapes yep. and tearing them down, that is ministry to others in the body. I'm so thankful for it. Well, let's share one more quick testimony here. Then here's what I want. 
I want to share, I want each of us to share a, an instance where there was unintentional ministry, mm. meaning this, a time when you did not plan to do ministry, because mm. this whole thing we've been talking about planning and being intentional, but share about a time when you didn't plan, when you were unintentional, and yet God brought ministry to you. Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to take one outside of Sunday. And so, like Adam said, I work in financial aid at the Master's University, and so Oftentimes I get to see this played out where I'm just working at a desk, clicking away on my keyboard, and someone walks in or I get a phone call. Um, You're the money guy. I'm, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> and they come and at, at the time they, they have no hope, which is sad, right? And they come in, they're like, I don't know what to do. Mm. I've already been here for a couple years. I can't, I can't afford it. And so I always, before talking money, I always like to practically encourage them. I always like to encourage them with the gospel, with the encouragement that God loves them, that God cares for them. And whatever happens, we can trust him that his way is the best way. And so sometimes I get to see these shoulders go back. Mm. Or I talk to moms and they they just need to vent for a little bit. And I, I listen and then I get to encourage them. And it's so sweet to see so many times where God does provide right? It's, it's not every time, but I do see God, mm. God provide in, in financial ways. Sometimes it's not how they intended, but you get to see it lived out. And then they're like, wow, I had little faith and yet God still provided. Mm -hmm. And so in those, in those little ways, I'm like, I didn't expect that person to come in. I didn't expect them to, to, to pour their heart out. And sometimes it's connected to other things, right? It's not just money. It's money is just like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It's mm. so many other things with, mm -hmm. with family, with relationships. And I get a, to listen and I get to encourage them with God's word. And so those times are so sweet. I'd, sometimes they're tiring, like emotionally you're, you're exhausted after that conversation, but it's still sweet to see like, wow, God, God worked in their life. Yeah. That's so good. You know, part of the reason why I wanted us to share about intentional ministry is we're talking so much about being intentional, being purposeful, find areas that are weak and help out those areas or find areas that are of great need and step in and be a blessing. And I absolutely want to encourage that hard attitude that says, God, use me where I can be a good fit. Mm. Use me where I'm useful. Mm. Use me where, where I'm needed. That is a good heart and a good place to start. But I also want to recognize there are plenty of times when we don't have any plan and God just brings ministry to us mm -hmm. because God is faithful, even if we aren't, yep. or even if we're ignorant, even if we're not aware, because sometimes it's not intentional, like we're avoiding ministry, mm -hmm. but God is still so faithful to do more than all we ask or more than all we think. Uh, I'll, I'll give a brief one because I, you know, I talk a lot on this show, but a brief one is I think every time something serious happens in somebody's life and they, and they come to me, whether it's because it's like a counseling or discipleship issue, just a heavy issue in life. Every one of those is unintentional because I don't plan mm -hmm. catastrophes to happen in people's lives or difficult situations to happen. And they come to me and every one of those moments is unintentional. And they don't come to me because I'm the fountain of all wisdom. They come because this is one of my particular roles at the church is again, an area that I'm fitted for, not because of you know, anything special in me, but there was a need at one time. And so I pursued education and purposeful uh, knowledge and experience in this capacity. And so I do serve in our elder team and in our, in our church body in that capacity. I'm very thankful. I don't feel like I'm deserving of it. But every time something happens in that in the unintentional things that happen in people's lives and they come and ask me a question about something or, hey, how do I respond here? 
every one of those is an unintentional moment. And I'm so thankful to the Lord for, because that's life. Life just happens. There are catastrophes. There are difficulties. There are painful, difficult things that happen in this broken world. We talk about this world being a sin-soaked world, but it's not a hopeless world. But every one of those moments is unintentional. I don't plan any of them. And I'm so thankful that God brings them. Because there are many times that I've gotten to know people that I would not have gotten to know were it not for some <laughs> catastrophe or really difficult situation. And we get to become friends. Mm-hmm. And the local church, that's a beautiful thing when you become friends with people and you just enjoy being around each other. And it's you know, there's no uh, pretense. There's no like, hey, I can only be near you when you're having a problem or you know <laughs> anything like that. Um, but it's really, really beautiful when, when those relationships spawn out of some of that minute, that unintentional ministry time, which is a lot of fun. So a couple closing thoughts here. I just want to encourage our listeners about thinking biblically and pursuing intentional personal ministry. So my first encouragement is if you want, if you're pursuing personal intentional ministry, it requires intention. I mean, that's in the word, right? Intentional ministry. It requires intention, requires thought. So friends, please think about ways that you can serve. Mm -hmm. Uh, You should be spending part of your time every single week. I'm not going to necessarily say every day needs to be filled with it, but probably at least one thought a day about how you can serve others and care for others. But think weekly about how you can pursue being faithful in your local church. Mm -hmm. That is a good thing. Pursue being faithful. It requires thought, requires intention. Mm -hmm. I know you taught me this many, many years ago, right? You encouraged me to look at the needs of the church. Do you you see a hole? Like, could you potentially fill it? Mm -hmm. And you encouraged me to be thoughtful of looking around. It's not just like, I'm just going to sit around until someone's going to tell me like there's (laughs) there's a need. Um, But actually be thoughtful, be intentional of, of looking and pursuing ways to serve. Man, that was really good advice. I said that? I don't <laughs> even remember. Wow. Uh, the next thing I would say is if you're wanting to pursue intentional personal ministry, then you need to care about others more than you care about your personal desires. Mm. And we saw that in the character of Timothy in Philippians 2.20. We saw that in the character of Epaphroditus and the rest of that chapter. Uh, the reality is we need to care more about others than just our own personal desires. So it's not a bad thing to want to serve in areas that you enjoy, areas that you're good at, uh, areas you've been encouraged in. But please, friends, Christ followers, make sure you're caring more about others than just being good at what you do. Uh, And if we can do both, amen. Amen if we can care about others and be excellent in what we do. That's fantastic. That's the dynamic duo. But we at least need to care about others uh, as a bare minimum and not just pursue our own desires in ministry. Uh, It's a hard lesson. And and I think later on, um, whether it's this season or or another season, we'll talk about that dynamic of dying to self in what we do. It's hard, but it's absolutely needed. The last thing I would say here is, uh, as you're pursuing intentional personal ministry, be humble like Jesus. Be humble like Jesus. Remember, and we talked about this earlier, Jesus came to serve us in our need, in our deficiency. There's a beauty to us being dependent. Uh, that, that nature of us being dependent means that we need Jesus. And he has created us to be dependent upon him. And his means of meeting our need is twofold. First, the means of meeting our need is found in the person, the work of Jesus Christ. And that's an eternal need that is met eternally in a perfect and whole way through Christ. The second way that he meets our needs is in temporal ways, time and space here and now through his people. And he meets our needs through his people. And so we need to recognize 
that being humble to serve like Jesus means looking at people saying, where's the need? Where's the lack? Where's the deficiency? Where is the dependency? And how can I help them? Not, hey, they're just needy and oh, it's so bothersome. But hey, they're needy just like me. And I might be a good fit to help and encourage them, to help and to bless them. So we look for those holes. We look for those gaps and we try to be gap fillers. We try to be helpful in meeting the needs that we see present around others. Mm-hmm. Anything to add there? No, that was great. <laughs> well, it's good. All right. Well, friends, it has been a good conversation here, helping to renew our minds and reform our hearts about personal ministry. Uh, Lord willing, next time we'll take on another uh, fun topic like studying the word on the thinking tree. Other than that, have a great day. 